years later, many men would die on board of a World War II ship after they were attacked because George's brother was not around to help save them because George was not around to save his brother from drowning. A young George Bailey was not around to work at the local pharmacy. Thus, he was not there to save a Mr. Gower. Remember Mr. Gower? The pharmacist, he was not there to save Mr. Gower from going to jail because he accidentally sent poison to a sick person instead of medicine. Honey, I can tell I'm going to need water this morning. I have no idea why, but I can tell. George Bailey also wasn't around to meet the love of his life. What was her name? Mary. And Mary her. And George was not around to keep the name of his hometown. What was the name of the town? Oh, my. Bedford Falls. Remember that? He was not around to keep the name of Bedford Falls from changing to Pottersville because Mr. Potter was the evil businessman in town. And George Bailey got to see what life would have been like had he not been around. Christmas. For many people, it is the most wonderful time of the year. It's a hard time for many people as well. A sad time. But for a lot of people, it's the most wonderful time of the year. One of the things that my family and I have enjoyed doing down through the years is uh, we will hop into the car and we'll just go Christmas light driving, watching, or whatever. We'll drive around the neighborhoods and, and we'll look at Christmas lights. Anybody do that? Some of you may do that from time to time. Yeah. Uh, and we'll put the Christmas music on and uh, we'll just, as they used to say in the Flintstone, have a gay old time, right? Um, have a great time. So, um, But one, one time when we were doing this, as we were, thank you, that's good, as we were driving around, I got to thinking, as I looked at all the homes and I looked at all the decorations and just the lengths that some people go to, and I got to thinking, how many of these people are really believers in Jesus Christ? How many of these people are decorating their homes because they believe in Jesus? Or how many just love the festivity of it all? And then I thought, if these people had never even heard of the name Jesus, would they still decorate their homes? Would they still have Christmas parties? Would they still give and receive gifts? Would they drink the eggnog, which I can't stand, by the way? Um, would they still have the peanut butter fudge and the cookies? And would they still have a tree up? Christmas is big business. You'll be shocked to hear how much money is spent on Christmas every year. About $600 billion is spent on Christmas every year. Buying gifts, decorations, trimming the tree, buying food. But the sad truth is that most celebrate Christmas as though Jesus never even existed. They celebrate Christmas without the Christ that is in Christmas. 
It's hard to find one of those Christmas movies or Christmas shows today on Hallmark that, that mentions the real meaning of Christmas, right? Typically, they, they tell us that Christmas, and kind of like Thanksgiving, Christmas is a time uh, for family and to enjoy family and gather around and give the gifts. And it's uh, peace on earth and showing goodwill towards men. And that's the predominant message that we hear this time of year. Many, especially the atheists, are trying to remove Jesus from Christmas all together. I saw a billboard sign the other day, and I don't know if you'll be able to read it. I'll tell you what it says, but can you see that? That is a billboard from an atheist, and it says this from that little girl. Dear Santa, all I want for Christmas this year is to skip church. I'm too old for fairy tales. Isn't that sad? All I want for Christmas this year is to skip church. I'm too old for fairy tales. And folks, do you realize that not only do the atheists want to remove Jesus from Christmas, Satan wants to remove Jesus from Christmas. And to be honest with you, if you look back through our history of the last 40, 50, 60, 80 years, he's doing a pretty good job because every year we have a tendency to forget more and more what it's really all about. Now, just stop there for a second. I want us to ponder on that. What if Jesus did not exist? What kinds of implications do you think that would have? I'm not just talking about, all oh, the no Christmas tree or the parties or the food or gifts. I'm not talking about that. But if Jesus did not exist, how would life be any different today? Would it be any different? That is my question to you this morning and next week and perhaps beyond. What if Jesus had never been born? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about what it would be like if Jesus had never been born? There's no doubt that there have been many great men and great women who have had transformational changes on our culture and on our world. However, No one has impacted our world down through history like the man named Jesus. Jesus said in Revelation 21, 5, Behold, I make all things new. Folks, every place Jesus went, every person he talked to, everything that he did, he made new. Every aspect of life was different after Jesus touched it. Speaking of Jesus, Napoleon said this, I search in vain to find anyone similar to Jesus or anything which can approach the gospel. Nations pass away, thrones crumble, but the church remains. Today, I want to explore this question, what if Jesus had never been born? And if you really think about it, It's an interesting question. Number one, time itself would be different. Time itself would be different. What do I mean? Do you realize that there would be no A.D. on our calendars? That we'd live in only the B.C. time? Um, Many of you know that B.C. stands for before Christ. 
What about A.D.? There's a misconception out there. Many people think that means after the death of Christ. That's not what it means. A.D. is Latin, Anno Domini. You know what it stands for? It stands for in the year of our Lord. That's what A.D. stands for, in the year of our Lord. I like this. It says in the year of our Lord. Our Lord implies that everyone around the world using this calendar system is acknowledging Jesus. Now think about that. Here's something else to ponder. Since the entire world uses a similar calendar system, Jesus and God must be recognized by every country, every nation, every state, every tribe, and every human race. Amen? That's awesome. Every time a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness or a Jew writes a check, every time that a Buddhist or a New Ager writes a letter, Every time that a Muslim looks at their calendar, they give credence and credibility to this man named Jesus Christ. Even the atheist who sponsored that billboard, when they received the bill on, you, uh, this is how much you have to pay, and this is the due date that it must be paid by, even the atheist must acknowledge in the date that there is Jesus. Of course, they acknowledge Jesus, but they don't recognize the divinity behind it. Hmm. But they must recognize in the year of our Lord. About a hundred years ago, the atheistic Soviet Union was forced to acknowledge in its constitution the year that they came into being, 1917 A.D., in the year of our Lord. (laughs) Yeah. Had Jesus never been born, time itself, would never be the same again. Here's another area. Basic regard for human life. I'm going to just park it here for the rest of our time this morning. Basic regard for human life. Some of you may have heard this before. A professor once asked his students this question. What's the most important thing to come out of a mine? A lot of the students began to uh, give all of the important minerals and stones and gems and all the wonderful things and the gold and the silver that came out of a mine. And the professor said, no, the most important thing to come out of a mine is the miner. Regard for human life. Before Christ, B.C., human life was cheap. Human life was cheap. About a thousand years B.C., we know that the prophets to Baal and Asherah, they would sacrifice children to the gods. Archaeological digs in Samaria today have unearthed mass graves of children that had been sacrificed to these gods. Life was cheap. About a hundred Years to 700 years B.C., we see the Roman Empire. And listen to how they treated the babies at the time in the Roman Empire. The birth of a Roman was not a biological fact. Infants were received into the world only as the family willed. A Roman did not have a child. He took a child. 
if the family decided not to raise the child, literally lifting him up above the earth, he was simply abandoned. There were special high places or walls where the newborn was taken and exposed to die. If a baby was born deformed in the Roman Empire time, they could be taken out to the woods and just left there. Hard to believe, isn't it? Hard to believe today. But an unwanted child could just be left out in the woods to starve or worse, to be susceptible to the wild animal. Before Christ, people used to kill other humans simply for sport. And the spilling of blood thrilled the masses. Rome was cruel. Gladiator fights were popular. Gladiators who were actually slaves would fight to the death. Once an opponent was pinned down, the one who was controlling, the one who was on top at this time would look up to Caesar and see if Caesar would give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. If Caesar gave them a thumbs up, he, the life was spared, but most of the time he gave a thumbs down and, and the victor would thrust the sword through the other gladiator. And the crowds just roared. Emperor Trajan held a spectacle where within a four-month time, over 10,000 gladiators were killed. Hard to believe today, huh? And how can we forget the numerous deaths of Christians at the hands of the Romans before the influence of Christianity really had a chance to set in? You see, human life was cheap before Jesus came. Let me read you this. Many early Christians were mauled and eaten by the lions before the cheering and jeering crowds in the Colosseums and in the arenas. Among the animals used in the arenas were lions and panthers, bears, wild boars, and bulls that were goaded with red-hot irons. Tacticus tells us that Nero held parties in his gardens in which the entertainment for the evening would be the torturous killing of Christians by wild beasts, crucifixion, or by being lit on fire as human torches. Human life was cheap. But when Jesus came, he changed everything. He made all things new. You see, when Jesus went to the cross and willingly laid down his life for all of mankind, the good, the bad, and the ugly, human life once again became precious in his sight. I'm not saying that everyone hated life and when people passed away there wasn't mourning and weeping. We know that there was. I'm simply saying that when Jesus willingly suffered, when he willingly chose to go down the Villa Dolorosa, when he willingly took up his cross, he restored the priceless value of human life back into worldview, back into the world's consciousness. John 15, 13 tells us, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. But all I tell you, Romans 5 tells us that Jesus went beyond this. He went way beyond this. For it says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. 
Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. What if Jesus had never been born? Begins to take on new new meaning in a way, doesn't it? Yeah. When Jesus willingly stretched out his hand to the soldiers, and as I was preparing the message this week, this thought hit me. I believe when he stretched out his hands, and most of the time they were probably, I don't know why that's popping, just forget it. I don't know, most of the time I would think that the criminals were like holding their hands. They knew what was coming. But I believe that Jesus freely offered his hands. I even believe that the soldiers were amazed at how easily he gave them their hands. When he did this, in essence, he said to those soldiers and to all of humanity, when life was cheap, he looked at those soldiers and he looked at all of us and he said, you're worth it. You're worth it. (laughs) You see, God has always valued human life. After God created man, after God created Adam, in Genesis 1.31 it says, Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. It was very good. But the value of human life started to dissolve after Cain killed his brother Abel. Then in the years and in the generations and in the centuries to follow, we can easily see the value of human life crumble in the eyes of men, but oh, not in the eyes of God. When Jesus came, he reintroduced the sanctity of life. What do I mean by that? I said he reintroduced it. It was already there, but he reintroduced it. The word sanctity is a Latin word that stands for holy or sacred unto God. That which God has declared is of great value. When God breathed life into Adam, he also created the human soul and the human spirit. And when he did this, he immediately differentiated the life of Adam between that of an animal, between that of a plant, between that of a tree. See, there are those today that think those things have spirits and souls. It's not what the Word of God tells us. The Word of God tells us that we are special to God. We are set apart to God. God brought sanctity to human life. He brought holiness. He made it something spiritual in nature. And even though mankind has systematically devalued life down through the centuries, Jesus brought sanctity back. Think about that. Had Jesus never come, had He never died on a cross, Human life would have remained cheap. Jesus brought great worth and great significance back. His act on the cross said that if one soul is worth dying for, all souls are worth dying for. Now, some could say, and maybe some of you could say, well, Pastor Brock, 
even after Christ, our our fellow man has not been the greatest uh, example of love, has it? Has not been the perfect picture of tranquility. I mean, look at all the tyrants that have existed down through the years. Look at men like Adolf Hitler and Reinhard Heydrich, men of World War II, Osama bin Laden, Kim Sung, Roman Emperor Nero, Attila the Hung, Pol Pot, Joseph Stalin, and the list goes on and on. These are men responsible for unspeakable atrocities and crimes leading to the deaths of millions of innocent people. And to that I'd say true, but God has never removed man's free will. God has never taken away man's ability to choose for himself. Evil men have attempted to take that which is holy in God's eyes and change it to please themselves. What these individuals have done is they've removed the sanctity of life and they've made it more about quality of life. Life went from being God-focused to man-focused. If you were to ask the average person today if what the Romans did to the babies years ago, most people, if not you already, would be appalled, would be sickened, would quickly denounce those practices. But unfortunately, our society today has not progressed much farther in its barbarity. 54,559,615. Since 1973, that is the number of abortions that have occurred in our society. We have chosen to trade the sanctity of life for the lie of quality of life. Instead of valuing life and the rights of the innocent, the unprotected and the unborn, we've made it an issue of women's rights. But had Jesus never been born, we would not even have the fight that rages today. For Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. There is a war taking place because millions of people have been affected by the worth and the value that Jesus reinstituted. I told you a couple weeks ago what Jesus brought into life He was willing to touch the untouchable, the leper, the leper colony that people would uh, drastically run away from, get away, and they would have to yell, unclean, unclean. Jesus was willing to put value into those people. Praise the Lord for that. That which was once discarded in the Roman Empire, the babies, thrown away or left out in the woods because it was seen as unimportant or inconvenient, a bother, something that's going to mess with my personal life, Jesus said is special and is priceless. Friday night, Stephanie and I um, actually went on a, a double date. I don't know that we've ever done that in our uh, time together. We went up to Akron and, and hooked up with uh, um, Chuck and Barbie Irby. 
And uh, we went to the Canton Baptist Temple for a concert from Laura's story. Some of you may know who she is. Um, but it was a fundraiser for Pregnancy Solution Services. And it was uh, a rather neat evening. There was a lady who got up and she told her story. Uh, her and her husband had four children and they were expecting their fifth. And after all the ultrasounds and tests, the doctor came back and said, I'm afraid to tell you that more than likely your child will be born with Down syndrome. The doctor gave them several options, abortion being one of them. But this lady and her husband knew that there was only one choice for them, and that was life. They knew that God had formed their son, whom they gave birth to and named him Noah. They know that God had formed their son Noah to be a priceless gift, whose value cannot be measured. She said, just because life did not turn out as they may have wanted, Noah is still a -a one-of-a-kind special gift from God. Because Noah was special in God's sight, he needed to be special in their sight. You see, a couple thousand years ago, Noah just could have been left out to the woods, could have been left for dead. See, this, this is a God thing. This is a Jesus thing. Jesus, once again, brought value back into life. And if Jesus had never been born, folks, it's scary to think of the depths of disregard that mankind would go. I'm about through. This value system is, can even be seen in the cultures and societies where freedom reigns. For you see, I truly believe that without Jesus, our founding fathers would have never written these words. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Without Jesus Christ, church, there is none of those. There are none of those words. It would not have taken place without Jesus Christ. And you know as well as I do that our founding fathers, most of them who signed the Declaration of Independence, about 90% of them were former ministers, were believers in Jesus Christ. They all said that unless this country follows the principles of Jesus Christ, we will not survive. We will not survive. What if Jesus had never been born? I'm going to do something a little different. In closing, I'm going to read you one more story, but I'm going to ask you to do something starting today and in a couple of weeks. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that question. And and I want it to be a fill-in-the-blank for you. If Jesus had never been born, how would you answer that? There's my cell phone number. I want you to text me. There's my email. I want you to email me your answer, whether it be right now or whether it be in the coming uh, hours or days or a couple weeks. 
I want to hear from you, and within the next week or two, I'm going to begin to read some of your answers. Maybe it's going to be personal. If Jesus had never been born, where would you be? Or maybe it's going to be societal. Maybe it's going to be something that just really strikes you. And I want to read these answers to you in the coming weeks. If Jesus had never been born, how would you answer that? Let me read you one more story. Let me ask you this, though. Are you living as though Jesus had never been born in your life? Think about your life. Are you living as though Jesus had never been born? Has he made no impact whatsoever? Something to think about. Closing story. The morality of any society can be easily judged by the view it holds of human life. In 1844, H.L. Hastings visited the Fiji Islands. He found that life there was very cheap and that it was held in low esteem. Believe it or not, it says here you could buy a human being for $7 or one musket. (laughs) That was cheaper than a cow. After having bought him, you could work him, whip him, starve him, or eat him. According to your preference. And many did the latter. He returned a number of years later and found that the value of human life had risen tremendously. One could not buy a human being for $7 to beat or to eat. In fact, you could not buy one for $7 million. Why? Because across the Fiji Islands, there were 1,200 Christian chapels where the gospel of Jesus Christ had been proclaimed. And the people had been taught that we are not our own. And that we have been purchased with a price, not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that he was born? That he did make a difference and that revelation tells us all things he made new is true. There's a simple song that I'm going to lead us in. Some of you know it, some of you have heard of it. Without him, I would be nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. How many of you know that song? You know that song. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away, oh Jesus. My Jesus, without him, how lost. I would be.